Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey there, welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here alongside David Dickens, and we've got a great show on the way for you today. We're going to be talking about investing outside of an IRA or 401k. We spend so much time talking about Roths and investing inside of those then various vehicles as well. Uh, But what about outside of there? Well, today we're going to get a nice conversation with David about those moving parts and elements that you should have on your mind. Can't wait for that discussion. Uh, David, it is great to be with you this week. I hope you're doing well, my friend. I am doing well. Got the Chiefs home opener tomorrow, which ought to be fun. I'm actually getting a chance to go to that. Oh, uh, man, that's going to be great. I got a group of friends. We go to one game a year at Arrowhead, and that happens to be the game. So that'll well, be fun. a pretty and, uh, good one, I would say. That's going to be a good matchup. Should be a pretty good one. Got yeah, the Chargers so. in town, so hopefully the Chiefs, the same Chiefs that showed up last Sunday, hopefully they show up big time on Thursday night. I think they will. You know, the short rest, uh, you know, always is a little bit uh, tough for teams, but it sounds like both teams will kind of have at least that equally impacting them this week. So that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, Speaking of rest, I know that you and your brother uh, were entering that golf tournament, and we said to folks we probably (laughs) wouldn't talk about it if things didn't go well. So the fact that we're bringing it up, I'm guessing things went uh, went pretty good for you. Yeah, things went pretty well. So if my brother didn't listen to these podcasts, I could lie to you about how things actually went. But (laughs) since he does... He he, he would hold you accountable otherwise? (laughs) So I'm a pretty good golfer. My little brother is a really good golfer. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'd occasionally stumble along the way as a three-day tournament. And I had a few stumbles, but this guy was solid throughout. And, uh, yeah, we, we won, our, won our flight and a little cash along the way and had a really good time. Weather was perfect in Texas, so it was a lot of fun. Wow, that made for a great day, great weekend, it sounds like. It did. Well, and uh, then snuck over to the grandson's house on uh, Sunday and saw them and then headed on back to Kansas City. Sounds like you guys are going to have to play together a little bit more often. <laughs> take take the show on the road a little bit. You know, I think it's a lot more fun to be on his team than be playing against him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, you have life figured out, right? Isn't that the case, David? Find out who's the people in the world and you want to be on their team and get on their team, right? That's... Exactly. You You have it figured out until you realize you don't and then you just... Make your best decisions along the way. I love it. Well, congrats. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys get the chance to play again sometime in the near future. But uh, well done on the tournament. Great that that went well for you. Uh, Well, let's dive into the topic today. You must be getting some questions from folks about this, David, to bring up today's topic. Because I know we're always talking about IRA stuff, 401ks, Roths. I mean, that's the retirement planning, you know, bread and butter, so to speak. But what about outside of those accounts? Uh, Something you wanted to, to dive into on today's show. Yeah, so I do. I get this question from from young and old alike. And so young, a lot of it's like, well, I've got extra income. I can't, for whatever reason, they can't do their more in their 401k. For some reason, they don't have access to a 401k. Maybe they inherited some money. For my retired uh, clients and friends, a lot of times it's an inheritance that they got from their parents. Or even more common, they, they're over 72. They have to take those required minimum distributions from their IRAs, but they don't need them. And so then they kind of figure out, well, what do I need to do? What can I do with that money? And can I make it even remotely tax efficient? And so what we want to talk about today are, well, are there good reasons to save as a young person outside of an IRA or a 401k? And if you are retired, 
are there tax efficient ways to invest that money once it's been taken out of an IRA? So hopefully this is um, an attractive uh, topic for a broad swath of our listeners. I think it'll be pretty interesting to dig into. All right. So uh, what direction you want to take in things first? Well, the first one is I kind of labeled it freedom, the freedom of taking money in and out of these accounts. So for instance, most people know that with an IRA, 401k, there are significant restrictions. There's a maximum amount you can put in. There's uh, age limits as to when you can take money out without penalties, 59 and a half, when you have to start taking money out, 72, uh, so the required distributions, uh, limits on, on you know, what you're what your plan offers you that you can invest the money in. But when you open a brokerage account, whether you're young or old, there's no age limit. You can open a brokerage account for your two-year-old kid. You can open up a brokerage account at any point in your life. There aren't any, nobody puts a a minimum or a maximum amount that you can put into those in a given year or any, any other total amount. You never have to take money out of those accounts. So there aren't any required distributions out of them. And if you're younger than 59 and a half, there aren't any penalties for taking the money out. Uh, You can invest in, and maybe when we start talking about the tax implications, I'll dig into this a little deeper, but you can put the money into stocks, individual stocks. You can buy individual bonds. You can buy exchange-traded funds that um, invest in stocks or bonds. You can buy mutual funds or real estate investment trusts. You can buy tax-free bonds, depending on your tax bracket. And uh, so there's just a, a wide range of investments that you can put into these accounts. And you really have the total freedom from age restrictions or income restrictions or anything else like that. Well, one thing I might do right here, I did mention municipal bonds. And so if you're in an upper tax bracket, a lot of times a municipal bond or a tax-free bond will make some sense to you, but they don't always make sense. And so here's, I want to just give a real quick little example as to how you might be able to figure that out, whether the taxable yield is better than the tax-free yield. So what you're really trying to get to is a taxable equivalent yield on this. I'm going to go at it a little bit reverse, but let's say that in this brokerage account, you could buy a treasury security or maybe a, a ETF that invests in treasury securities and it's yielding 4% or you could get a, a municipal bond or a municipal uh, a, a tax-free ETF that's yielding 3%. So 4% taxable or 3% tax-free, which is better for you? Well, the way to look at it is this. If you, if you take the 4% treasury yield and let's say you're in the 30% tax bracket, Well, they're going to take away 30% of that 4% yield. So all of a sudden, your 4% yield is really only worth 2.8%. So all of a sudden, the 3% tax-free yield looks better to you, and you should do that. But let's say you're only in the 22% tax bracket. So married filing joint, that means that you guys have taxable income of a little over 83 grand. Now, all of a sudden... The 4%, well, they're only going to take 22% of that. So your your after-tax yield is 3.12%. In that tax bracket, you're better off ignoring the tax-free yield of 3% because after paying the taxes, you have more money in your pocket with the taxable yield. So tax-free is, is an awesome thing, especially if you're in a high tax, tax bracket. But if you're not, and 
most taxpayers are not in that high enough tax bracket. A lot of our listeners are, but uh, you just want to do that quick little calculation to make sure that the amount of money in your pocket after you pay the taxes is more. And if that happens to be the taxable yield, then do the taxable yield and pay the taxes. If it happens to be the tax-free municipal bond yield, well, buy the lower yielding municipal and you don't owe any taxes and you've got more money in your pocket. Either way, it's about the amount of money that you have in your pocket after taxes are said and done. Freedom, flexibility, some tax advantages. Um, Very interesting to see some of the different nuances and differences between investing inside of those IRA and 401k accounts and then kind of how the the roles change a little bit once you get kind of outside that realm. Uh, What else should we know? So people that invest in IRAs and 401ks know that they never get a 1099 at the end of each year telling them how much taxes they owe. Because until you take money out of that account, at usually at age 72, but you can take it out basically any time, there aren't any taxes as long as your money stays inside of that account. That's not the case with a brokerage account. So with a, with a brokerage account, every year you get a 1099 from that custodian, whether it's Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or a Schwab or somebody like that. So here's, here's how that works out. If you are an interest, maybe their money market account, maybe you have a taxable bond ETF. That interest is going to be taxed as ordinary income, basically your highest marginal tax bracket. And that's not great. But if you own stocks or stock ETFs that pay a dividend, those are taxed preferentially. They're taxed every year, but you get a tax preference for that. And that basically looks like this if you are in either the 10 or the 12% tax bracket. So for instance, single, making taxable income of less than 41,700. Married filing joint, taxable income of less than 83,005. In that case, your dividends are taxed at zero. Now Topeka is gonna want a little bit of money or Jeff City's gonna want a little bit of money because they're gonna be taxed Usually those are going to be taxed on the state level, but on the federal level, if you're in the 10 or 12% bracket, your dividends are taxed at zero. The other thing that's taxed at zero are your long-term capital gains. Now we've done podcasts on short-term versus long-term capital gains, so I'm not going to go into excruciating detail, but if you own a particular stock, mutual fund, bond, whatever that investment is, if you've owned it for more than one year and it goes up in value, and you sell it, that gain is classified as a long-term capital gain, and it is taxed preferentially. So for the same thing as I said for dividends, those, those two particular tax brackets, if you're in the zero or the, uh, I'm sorry, the 10 or the 12% tax bracket, your long-term capital gains are taxed at zero as well. So that's a pretty cool benefit, uh, depending on where you are in your life. Sometimes early in retirement, you can manufacture a uh, smaller tax bracket because maybe you're drawing from one of these accounts, uh, not drawing out of your IRAs. Maybe you don't have a big pension or you're delaying Social Security. So there are ways to legally game the tax system uh, if you're drawing, if you're uh, earning dividends and long-term capital gains. If you happen to sell something that's short-term capital gain, well, that's going to be taxed as ordinary income at your highest marginal tax bracket. So the other thing that is, uh, two other things. We, uh, I think I did a podcast not long ago about tax loss harvesting. So if you own a, a particular stock 
and you sell it at a loss, well, you get the benefit of that on next year's tax uh, return. We did. We were talking about that because uh, the the drop in the stock market. So that happens in a taxable brokerage account, just like we're talking about here. Uh, and then, of course, be careful of the wash sale rule. And if you don't know what that is, listen to that other podcast or Google wash sale rule. And then the the last thing I want to say about this is you get a ten ninety nine every year, of course, but just because you take a withdrawal doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pay taxes on the money you take out of that brokerage account. Unlike an IRA or a 401k, where every penny you take out gets taxed at ordinary income rates, your highest marginal tax bracket. So the IRA and the 401k are awesome while you're working, you're putting money away, you're getting a tax deduction while you do it. But once you start taking money out, it is at your worst possible tax bracket. So you've benefited years and years from tax deferral, and then they whack you at your highest tax bracket. And we don't, we think those tax brackets are likely to go up in the future. So you lose a little bit of control. Out of this type of account, you can take 10 grand out, put it back in two months later. You can take 100,000 out for whatever you want to take it out for and either spend it or put it back in. The IRS doesn't get a claim on that money. What they do get a claim on is interest, dividends, long-term or short-term capital gains. But the mere fact that you're moving money in or out of this brokerage account does not trigger a tax bill. So it gives you a ton of flexibility, whether it's in retirement, maybe you're saving for a home down payment, got to buy a car, whatever those things are. To have a brokerage account like this, where you have a lot of flexibility in managing your tax bill, uh, can be a super big benefit as you're growing your, your wealth. I like that a lot, David. Also, I'll point folks over to episode 179. 179, that's the one where we had a mailbag question about the wash sale rule, and I think covered a couple of other those elements that you were talking about there. So we'll link to that in the description of today's show so you can go find it easily. Again, that's episode 179. You can go listen to it on any of your podcast apps. That was back in uh, July. So you shouldn't have to scroll very far to find that one if you want to go listen and get some more information there. David, any other key points to know about investing outside of IRAs and 401ks? Yeah, the third, uh, the third topic, and this, um, this had two different, from my client base, I could think of two different types of people that would benefit from this. One is if you inherit money, let's say, from your folks. The other is if you are getting close to the end of your life and you're trying to leave a tax-efficient inheritance for your next generation. So the important thing to remember with this brokerage account is, I'll explain this in just a minute, but it's called a stepped-up cost basis. And what that basically means, is, well, here's the example. Let's say that you're the person who's going to inherit this account. And let's say that your mom, 10 years ago, bought 1,000 shares of Walmart. Well, 10 years ago, 1,000 shares of Walmart was trading at about 70 bucks. So uh, let's call it $70,000 she put into Walmart. Today, Walmart's trading at 140 bucks a share, so double. So you've got a, she spent a $70,000, you're going to inherit $140,000. What about that $70,000 gain? Long-term capital gain. So if she were to sell it before she dies and wants to distribute money, well, then she's going to pay 15 or 20% of that off to the government and some more to Topeka and Jeff City just because she sold it before she died. But if you inherit that stock after she dies, 
the gain goes away. Nobody pays the the tax on that $70,000. You inherit it at the value of that stock on on her date of death. So uh, the stepped-up cost basis is used by a lot of high net worth people. It pays to not sell those assets before you die or to give them away before you die, uh, but to wait until after you die and your heirs get it at the value on your date of death. In most cases, no taxes due. Pretty clever. I know that's a uh, sounds like a great way for folks who need to navigate around big tax bills and want to pass, you know, uh, their net worth or you know assets on to the next generation. Um, what an easy way to go about that! It sounds like David. And why sell it yourself when you can pass it on and have that stepped up cost basis? That's great. Exactly. So if you're passing on an IRA, well, those are going to have required distributions for your heirs. If you're passing on a Roth, now you know those have required distributions so that they get cleaned out over a 10-year period. You pass on a brokerage account, nothing has to happen to that brokerage account. You can continue to roll that, for instance, in this case, that Walmart stock. You may decide to hold that for another 10 years, but the tax you're going to owe 10 years from now isn't based on where she bought it but on the date that you inherited it. So this whole discussion of brokerage accounts, I see it as an overlooked opportunity for a lot of a lot of my clients and frankly, a lot of, of people do, that I just talk to. Um, you know, you're at a party and people find out what you do for a living and they always have a question or two. And so this is a really overlooked tool that you can use to build your net worth outside of the whole world of tax deferral. And since we don't know what tax rates are going to be in the future, having this other pocket of money that's taxed in a different way can be a really, really smart way to, you know, diversify your tax exposure, I suppose, is a a way to say that. And a real positive for building the wealth you're trying to build for yourself, uh, for your family, for the next generation. Yeah, it's really helpful, David, to get that perspective. I can see how you could utilize this in the scope of an entire financial plan and picking just gives you another lever to pull as you're trying to figure out where to pull money first and in what orders you're distributing money and any legacy planning conversations uh, would certainly then benefit by having you know, this included as part of that discussion and some of the benefits of, you know, using this money to pass money on versus money inside of, uh, you know, another type of account. I I can just envision you having those conversations with each person and those various differences coming together to see what makes sense from, uh, you know, person to person. That's pretty cool. Yep. Lots of opportunities. You just kind of need to know the rules and figure out what makes the best sense for you and your situation and, and what you're trying, what tricks you're trying to make your money do for you and your family going forward. Well, there you have it. Great breakdown today. Some uh, really three key points about investing outside of an IRA or 401k. Hopefully that's educational for you and helpful as well. If you've got further questions for David or want to talk about what it looks like to put together a full-blown financial plan and go through the complete planning review, that's the CPR process, you can do that by calling 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. Or go online to coveryourassetskc.com. And we're going to link to that and put the contact info in the description of today's show so that you can find it easily. And uh, David, we really appreciate your help and guidance on the show today. Great job once again on your golf game. Enjoy the football, and uh, we'll see you again next week. (laughs) Go Chiefs. You got it. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets KC. 
Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.